thanks for joining me. Uh, am I going to call you Grill Sergeant, or do you, are you happy to share your your actual name? You can call me Grill Sergeant. You can call me Shane. Uh, I'm totally doxxed, so I don't I don't care whatever you prefer. Is your Shane, real name Rich? Uh, my real name is Rich, or it's Richard, but Rich, yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Weirdly, my name was basically I didn't actually come up with my name. It's just I got given it by someone I worked with because I would always come in talking about crypto and. Uh, he assumed that I had loads of money because of that, so he just called, called me Money Rick. <laughs> Little did he know. <laughs> I, I'm sure he doesn't assume that anymore. No, I, probably not. If he's in any way clued into to crypto, he's not. He he used to be one of these people who'd be like, "Oh, you're gonna have to teach me Bitcoin and this and that," and I'd be like, "Yeah, maybe one day." Um, but yeah, no, not not quite Money Rich. But I like the name. I thought it was quite funny, so kind of kept it as my thing. <laughs> um, better than Richard, isn't it? A bit boring. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah man. Oh, I've been called that before. I don't even mind. I don't even mind. It makes sense, you know. It's like an insult that can't be used anymore. The power is gone from from Dick, so it's fine. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. Uh, you you've listened to a few of these, you said, so you kind of know the format, right? Um, yeah. The first sort of half, I think we're gonna talk a bit about you as as a person, and then the second half, uh, we'll talk a bit about crypto dads, and I think that's uh, that will be a good layout for this one. Um, so, I mean, if you want to introduce yourself to my podcast listeners, um, who obviously aren't live, but yeah, um, and, you know, tell them a bit about you and, uh, you know, what, what you're about. Yeah, so uh, the Grill Sergeant, which uh, was born from this profile picture, you know, I, I revealed the Crypto Dad a couple of years ago with the barbecue apron, and I actually didn't come up with this name either. It was a, uh, another Crypto Dad, a hilarious guy who came up with the name. And, uh, and I was looking for a new screen name because I think, I don't know, back two years ago, uh, I'm pretty sure it just said Shane for my Twitter account. And that's, that's no fun in the NFT space. So, uh, yeah, he came up with the Grill Sergeant. I put it to a vote and it won in a landslide. And so I've been the Grill Sergeant ever since. Um, I'm a dad of two. Got a little girl, six years old. I just caught her a moment ago. I was like walking into the bedroom. She's laying on my bed, just chilling with some candy, eating some nerds, uh, watching some stuff on YouTube that she's not supposed to be watching. She's six. And so, <laughs> so I'm like, every time that happens, I'm just thinking about how much trouble I'm in in like the 10, 12 years from now. Uh, if she's already, you know, hiding stuff like candy now, what's it going to be 12 years from now? I've got an older son who's 12 years old as well, and uh, a uh, a wonderful, and I don't know if she's listening right now, wonderful and beautiful and spicy Latina wife. Uh, and uh, and so uh, awesome family, little dog that uh, hasn't been bathed in like two or three weeks right now, so uh, I can smell him from across the house. Uh, so that's that's a quick me personal. My, my background before all of crypto and everything like that, I worked for uh, 15 years. Uh, I'll leave the company unnamed, but it's one of the largest uh, privately owned companies. And I started right out of college, uh, worked my way up the ranks uh, over 15 years, uh, learned a, a lot about the business world, learned a lot about sales and leadership, uh, customer service, that type of thing. And, uh, and now I've been doing crypto dads for a year and I'm actually probably getting ready to start a new uh, sales position here in the next uh, in the next month or two. So that's kind of a, a quick 
bit about me and what's going yeah, on. No, that's that's great, and uh, it's it's good to have a dad on. I think my second guest ever was Sansa, who's obviously a dad. Um, I think I think I saw him in one of your spaces actually not long ago. Um, but yeah, but you, what's what's this new position you're talking about actually? What what is this? Expand on that. Yeah, so I wasn't even looking for like I haven't been putting my resume out there or anything. But one of my uh, good friends, who also used to be a coworker of mine, uh, who's been working with his father-in-law in the um, I, I guess I'll call it it's not pharmaceuticals, I guess necessarily, uh, but in the medical industry specifically, eye care. Uh, one of like the the national VP for sales uh, for this other company in the same industry was looking for someone in the state of Florida, which is where I am. And so they recommended me. Uh, and so I've been talking to them for uh, a few weeks and the talks have gone well so far. And so it would be a, uh, a sales position where I would be selling their products to uh, optometrists uh, across the state of Florida. Uh, so not a, not a crypto related venture that, but... No, but uh, there have been some new crypto-related type stuff happening here recently, too, that uh, some of it I can talk about, some of it I can't. Nothing that's like, uh, you know, a huge, like, money money deal or anything like that. But uh, it's been it's been a, a really interesting time here, both in, like, the what we call in real life and in the uh, the Web3 life. Uh, it's It feels like a big uh, transitional period for both me and uh and crypto dads and, and all in a really positive yeah, way no that's that's good to hear and also actually you mentioned the eye care as well i just wanted to while it's at the forefront of my mind obviously uh it's kind of related to eye care i guess recently meta released their glasses i don't know if you've seen this those um like with they teamed up with ray-ban and they they've released these sort of smart glasses have you seen this I saw, I, I forget who, what was it? Was it Meta or was it uh, Apple? Meta, that, I think. Like, did the it, was it was Zux. Yeah. So, yeah, I saw it where it's supposed to be like um, some sort of like alternative reality kind of glasses or mixed reality kind of a thing. Yeah, that, I thought it idea? was, but I, I looked into it today because I was considering it. And from what I can tell it, I don't know if I'm wrong here. I might be wrong, but it seems like it's just a camera and glasses like kind of combined i was expecting i don't know if i'm wrong like i say but i was expecting there to be like a sort of a screen in built in you know what i mean like into the glasses kind of thing um mm-hmm. but i don't know if it didn't seem to be that but uh like i say i could be wrong i was looking into it though um they, they i mean do you think they're going to be a thing that catch on i I'm less sure about it than when I saw the first iPhone. Like when I saw the first iPhone, I think everybody was like, well, that's for sure bet, right? Like everybody wants that. This, I, I think it, it seems like it's a mixture of VR and an actual reality. And so, yeah, I think that becomes a thing, but I, I think the tech is still uh, probably not that close to being something that can be just used every day by everyone like a smartphone. Uh, and I only say that because uh, you know a lot of people don't like virtual reality, or they get you know motion sickness still from it, uh, or you know, and you've got to wear an actual device now. Maybe these glasses are a lot more comfortable. I don't know. I think at some point, sure. I think people are probably using this as really common tech at some point in the future. Yeah, I mean, I I did think to myself because that's going to dive into what I've done today. I hope you don't mind. Um, I, I was at a basically I, I buy and sell stuff right i flip stuff on the side uh, a bit like gary v style i don't know if you've seen that um 
And I thought like these glasses mm-hmm. could be great. If you could look at, if I can like look at an item and be like, look, search this up on eBay and tell me what it's worth. That, that would be a good use case for me. I don't know what, I guess maybe like vloggers would find a use case for those things, but like the everyday person, I don't know. It's quite expensive as well. I think it's like 300 pounds. Um, I don't know what it is in the dollars. Um, probably a bit more. <laughs> yeah. I, I love you bringing pounds into the yeah. conversation here. Well, you're from America, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I live in Florida. I'm from Florida. No, no, nice. Because I, I, when I originally saw your profile, and because of like the whole Crypto Dads vibe with the barbecue and stuff, initially I was like, mm-hmm. possibly Australian. I don't know why. It gives me that vibe, <laughs> like really strongly um, stereotypical. We have a few Aussie dads. Uh, Mullet Dad, who is uh, is not here right now, is. Uh, is, is an Aussie dad that I've become good friends with. He actually lives in the US now. But yeah, we've, we've got uh, people pretty much all over the globe and like in every continent that are, are part of Crypto Dads. Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, real quick, can you can you tell me how you actually got into crypto? Like you said, you know, you were working in sales and stuff and, and you were learning stuff there. But mm-hmm. how did you ever even come across, you know, NFTs or, or crypto itself? Well, I was uh, doing really well in my career, uh, which meant I had expendable income and I started you know, having money just sitting in my bank account uh, for the first time in my life, you know, around that time. And, and I just was like, I should be doing something with this, but I've already, I've already got exposure to the stock market. I've got exposure to real estate. Um, where I, I don't know what to do, but I know that I shouldn't have it just sitting in a bank account. And uh, it was right around that time that my my father-in-law, by the way, we're talking uh, March 2021, right? So a year into the COVID lockdowns and everything like that, Bitcoin had already started to to moon. Uh, So it was about a year too late, unfortunately. Um, But my father-in-law just started getting into it and had told me about it because he had, um, my father-in-law is from Honduras and he had a, a Honduran friend who absolutely made millions in crypto and had told him about it. And so my father-in-law started getting into it and then he introduced it to me and showed me Coinbase and things like that. And so uh, March of 21, I bought my first Bitcoin and Ethereum. And uh, of course it didn't take long for it to start going up and I'm looking at my account, you know, and this is after it had already like skyrocketed. So, you know, me today, I would never have bought anything after it had gone up that much, but um, but yeah. So you know, you get that uh, that dopamine rush, whatever. Like you're you know, you're winning a bet. Uh, but for me, it's uh, it really motivated me to want to learn about it. And then as you start to learn and peel back the layers, like the more that I learned about Bitcoin and blockchain, uh, the more into it, I got the more addicted I got to wanting to learn more. And so I've been a student now for two and a half years, just trying to learn as much as I can all the time. I mean, I'm always listening to uh, a podcast or a YouTube channel or reading something about crypto and NFTs, because it's just, there's so much to learn. And I I probably know more than 99% of the globe. And and I don't know shit still. Like, I still don't know. I, mean, much, I feel the same but, about uh, every... that. So, it's so easy to feel like you know a lot and then you come onto like crypto Twitter and see all these people with their graphs and like all of their maths and I'm just my brain just goes fried. Yeah, we were, you're, ta- you're looking at people that are in like the top 0.1% uh, 
percent, uh, and so you know you compare yourselves to them. But go, you know, go to the store uh, right now and talk to someone about it. You know, or like when I've been doing these interviews recently, and uh, they they ask about crypto dads, and uh, I, I ask, you know, I just lead in with. So how do you know much about this? And I mean, they have no idea. They, it's just totally foreign to them. Uh, and, and these are like people that have done, you know, CEOs and VPs, uh, and they've got almost no idea what it is. They don't know how it works. Uh, and so it's just, it's really, uh, it's really interesting. In a sense, we're not early at all, but in, in another sense, we are still very early. 100%. And, I, you know, I feel like I'm still learning as well. Like you say, like, there's a lot to learn, right? And, and even speaking to, to people on, on this podcast, like I'm learning stuff every time. Um, I'm not going to ever claim to know a lot. Um, but like you say, to like the, the average person, I suppose we, we, we'd all know a lot more. Like when my uncle asked me about <laughs> crypto, and I, I'm just there trying to speak about it. And it's like, oh, he, he doesn't understand anything other than he's heard Bitcoin on the news. And it's like, it's a lot to dive into especially with like i don't know actually this is gonna be very stereotypical because i'm on with crypto dads but i was gonna say the older generation <laughs> um, <laughs> but he is considerably older than than myself and i don't know whether that's i don't know do you think that's like a, a barrier to entry well we have some like i mean i consider myself kind of on the older end of the spectrum for uh for nfts i'm 41 about to be 42 but we have guys not a ton of them, but we have some guys in their 60s that are uh, crypto dads holders that get it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, is it? Sure. But I mean, the same people are also uncomfortable using a smartphone, right? But that doesn't mean that the smartphone or the internet isn't going to continue to grow. Uh, and so the, the, the thing with, with blockchain is other than you know Bitcoin, which is solving a big problem, but a lot of people don't realize that it's a problem in general. There aren't a ton of common everyday use applications for it yet. Just like, and I'm old enough to remember the very early days of the internet. You know, doing dial-up on AOL. And the internet was cool. It was really fascinating to me as like a 12-year-old. But I mean, I was going to like web pages that were about like Barry Sanders because he's my favorite athlete or, you know, or, you know, looking up stuff uh, about uh, South Park, you know, when it was a brand new show and things like that. And it's like, but it wasn't, there weren't a bunch of applications for the internet back then, but we knew it was some great technology that would solve uh, a lot of problems and get used or a lot of people believe that. But nobody had any idea back then what it would really look like. And I think that's, yeah, and who am I to give my speculation? But I think that's probably where we're at with this now. And then a decade from now, there will be so many uses of it that are just like common uses. And the thing is, we talk about like how we know more than most people. Most people are never going to really know a lot about it. nobody be, I don't know how the internet works right now. I don't know how the smartphone works right now, but I know I use it all the time. But if you ask me to explain the tech behind it, absolutely clueless. I think that's where it will be someday with blockchain and that technology. Yeah, I suppose the integration, it'll probably be so seamless that people won't even realize they're paying with 
I, I suppose that's the, the dream as well, really, because that's how you get like mass adoption, because not everyone's going to want to take the steps we've taken to learn this stuff, um, because it's just not interesting to some people. But if it's in the everyday life and, and just getting used because it's a better form of payment or, or whatnot, um, no, I think, I, think, I think you're right. And I agree with what you say. Um, I want to touch on something you mentioned earlier as well um, and skimmed over. Mm-hmm. You, you spoke about how you have like real estate and stuff. I'm just wondering, do you like, do you invest outside of crypto much anymore? Because um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested in that myself as well. So it's interesting to me. Uh, yeah. So I've uh, one of the things that I've has been really great that I've learned a ton about because of crypto uh, is investing just in general and and economics in general and macroeconomics. This is stuff that I did not pay attention to at all prior to that. Uh, and so, you know, uh, I've made some great investment decisions, <laughs> not knowing that I was making great investment decisions uh, into real estate and uh, and into the stock market. And this is before everything uh, absolutely took off. So, you know, I've, <clears throat> I'm not a, uh, you know, some multimillionaire or anything, but I've had uh, some things go really, really well, crypto not being one of them. But, uh, but yeah, so... Um, I am playing it very conservatively right now. Um, I will, I am uh, conservatively buying into things. I actually sold a property earlier this year just because I think uh, there is a greater chance that real estate takes a topple than uh, it continues to go up. Now, I could certainly be wrong. You never, you never know. Uh, but I, it was like, I learned from, all of the crypto and NFT uh, pumps to recognize when something is overheated and when there's euphoria euphoria going on. And the real estate market about uh, a year ago uh, or towards the end of 2022, it was pretty euphoric. Like, it was just crazy. People in, in Florida where I live would list a property and they would have people outbidding each other above the asking price like instantly like and it would be like you could have a signed contract within a couple of days and when it got like that i was like all right this rental property has been great but this is just silly at this point it reminded me honestly of 2021 nfts and i was like i have learned that when it gets like this it's time to take uh some chips off the table and so i'm waiting now uh, to see what happens. Yeah, I've mostly taken, removed all exposure to the stock market as well. Uh, but I am slowly buying into things like Bitcoin and Ethereum, Solana, um, and uh, some stock trading here and there, uh, because I've actually been learning a lot about actual technical analysis and reading charts and creating charts and, and trading. And so I'm just starting to get comfortable enough um, making calls and seeing them go in the right direction that uh, I, I'm dipping my toes in that a little bit now. Mm, yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear how your housing market is compared to that of the UK because I think we're in a bit of a different situation because obviously we're a small island here and we, we haven't got enough housing, basically. Um, <laughs> that's the long mm. and short of it. So the prices here basically just go up and up and up and they haven't crashed yet. And it's a, it's a sort of situation where you're thinking like they should probably crash at some point, but then again, the houses don't really exist. So 
will they and it's that that's yeah. like that's sort of the position everyone's in like myself i'm looking to buy uh my first proper home soon um and it's like you're, you're contemplating like when are you going to buy because it's a difficult one isn't it mm-hmm. and you don't want to be in a situation where it's like i guess 2008 when it was the housing market collapse right um so you don't really want to yeah. be on the wrong end of something like that and it's i mean times right now they're quite tough you never you never do know but for me in the uk it is a, it's, it's a weird one um I'm sure USA is a bit well, different. Went, it's different, but the same. Because we have we we do have the housing shortage here as well, but uh, we are starting to see listings drop more and more for sure. Where you know it gets listed, and then uh, there are more and more people I think that are needing to sell than just wanting to sell, uh, and I think that number goes up because if it just a Thinking back to 2008, and, and I went through that. I actually bought the house that I sold in 2007, right? But I was long term uh, kind of a thing. So it sucked being upside down like $70,000 within a year of buying the house. Uh, but I was like, well, you know what? It was just the timing was right for us. Uh, but obviously, I would have done it different. And I've learned from that experience uh, and, you know, ended up selling the house for hundreds of thousands more than than what we bought it for by just holding through it right the, the cycle but i mean that took a long time uh, you know wait i just sold it 15 years later right so you you've got to have you got to be careful but you've also got to go into it with a really long term time frame on something like that yeah but i i think we could be entering into a similar scenario right people know about 2008 and the housing is that um uh, you know, the, what's the movie, the big short. And, and from that movie, everybody thinks, uh, it was just about banks giving really bad loans and being shady, which they were, but there was another part of it that I think exists the same today. And that was people over leveraging into real estate, uh, overextending themselves and right with the prices where they are right now and the interest rates where they are right now, just imagine the effect on the housing market that will happen if all of a sudden jobs numbers start to take a hit, right? Which we've already seen some chinks in that armor. And I don't, I don't want this to happen yet. Uh, granted, I'm, I'm ready for it to happen if it does, but if jobs start to suffer, people start losing their jobs and they're in these huge mortgage payments, you know, you, you know what's going to happen. It's, it's going to look like 2008 all over again. And uh, homeowners are just like NFT owners. Honestly, it's the same thing. They start undercutting each other. They start panic, uh, panicking, uh, or they're forced to sell because they bought NFTs with money that they couldn't afford to lose. They bought houses that they couldn't uh, couldn't afford to keep if they were in a situation where their income didn't continue to go up, and all of a sudden the income goes away. What happens then? Undercutting, panic selling. Uh, lack of buyers because interest rates are too high and and people are priced out. And it just, it just feels like we could be entering into uh, the beginning part of that again, because buying has already slowed immensely. Nobody is like the house that I live in right now, right? We, we refinance when interest rates are zero. Even if we wanted to go and like upgrade our house, there's no way we would do it. We wouldn't take an interest rate four or five percent higher <laughs> just to be able to to switch houses. You know, it, nobody's going to do that. 
Yeah, it's not a great situation. And I assume it's, you know, the same over there with the people are reaching the ends of their um, their mortgage repayments that are like fixed. It's going to end up being the interest rates or however it works is about to get a whole lot more sort of heavy on their, you know, on their uh, monthly paychecks and stuff. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I'm just trying to position myself, you know, like ready for it. That's like, like you said, um, that, that's my sort of goal. It's just um, easier said than done, I, I think. Um, just don't FOMO. No. I mean, because that it exists, it exists in real estate as well. Don't, don't rush into it. You know, a real estate purchase. I mean, you take years of just watching how things go. That's that's okay. I mean, it sucks paying rent too. Yeah. Because you know you're just giving giving your money into the abyss, uh, essentially. But don't don't FOMO. I will not do. FOMO, Shane. I promise. <laughs> now, let me let me ask you. Let me ask you this. What what actually inspired you, Shane, to make crypto dads in the first place then? So, you know, you've you've come across crypto and stuff like that. What what was your inspiration behind that? Well, I did well, not create Did you take dads. over? Did you take over? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what, I took yeah, over. Yeah. But I, I know the inspiration of the founders. Well, uh, how about we say two... more, that, why did you choose to take over? You know what I mean? Like what made you even consider that sort of thing? Well, I um, I love NFTs, uh, first and foremost. I love Crypto Dads as my favorite NFT collection by far. Uh, it was just the one I connected with the most. I think the the name, the brand name, um, the you know the kind of cheesy Bob's Burger artwork, um, dad culture. I think all these things are super super relatable, and I just knew there was something special there. And so when the opportunity came, it was, you know, for me and, uh, and I've got a couple of business partners as well, uh, that we've gone into this venture together. Uh, you know, all of us came from like day one crypto dads holders. We were in the discord before the mints, you know? Uh, and so we just, we love the people involved. We love all the other stuff that I just said. And we love dad jokes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's, and we, we believe in blockchain. We believe in the, the future of blockchain and, uh, and NFTs. And we just figure if, if there are going to be NFTs and there's going to be a market for that, then there's going to be a market for crypto dads because we're still going to be there. And what was the reason that the, the original founders actually decided to move on? Well, so there were two, uh, both somewhat younger guys, I say younger because younger compared to me, you know, in their 20s. Uh, one left under not the best circumstances, uh, which is kind of what started the ball rolling towards uh, us taking over, uh, actually, but this was well before we took over in October of last year. So we're just coming up on a year. Uh, in like April of last year, 2022, one of the founders got exposed by an unhappy holder uh, for having uh, participated in at least one BSC uh, shitcoin scam, and he just bounced after that. You know, they were they they were like, "Yeah, not a good look having you here," and he was like, "I'm fine not being here." So he bounced out with whatever his cut of the uh, the money was. Uh, the other founder continued to move forward with, uh, with crypto dads and, and brought on some help. Uh, we were doing a lot, uh, for the, for the crypto dads without being a part of the, the team. 
And uh, eventually we approached him and said, we would like to have the opportunity to take this over. And, uh, and then we started a negotiating process that lasted over probably a month or so. And, uh, and it just came to fruition. It kind of seemed like it was a Hail Mary at the time. And there were some times where it seemed like it was not going to happen, but it all ended up uh, working out. Now, here we are a year later. Yeah, and it sounds like the right people probably, you know, took over at the right time. Uh, can you answer me this as well? Because I've always wondered, how does someone actually go about taking over a project from somebody else? Like, how, how do you pass the keys over to someone else? I've never actually fully got that. Well, there's a, there's actually, a, you know, an actual underlying business, Crypto Dads LLC, and um, and so there's we have a long uh, business agreement contract. Uh, you know, it's probably like 20 pages long that uh, lays out all of the details and ownership. And so just like you would, um, you know, pass ownership of any business in the U.S. Uh, same deal. You know, so we actually did it the, the correct and proper legal way. And, you know, it laid out in detail all of the things we were taking ownership of, which were the, you know, the contracts for all of the collections, the Twitter, uh, the Discord, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, because I just, I just wondered how, with the contracts and stuff, how you negate, uh, you know, the old previous people having access to it once you've taken control or whether there's like a password system with it, you know, not being a founder, I wouldn't know. Yeah, so the there's the actual contract, and I'm not the tech guy. So fortunately for me, both of my business partners are are devs, uh, so they understand the the dev and contract element of it. Uh, but yeah, we took ownership and control of those contracts. I don't know exactly how we're protected on that. I mean, we moved some of the the funds to different wallets that were just in our control, and some of the assets uh, out of wallets that uh, potentially had exposure into wallets that were just in our control. Um, I don't, I don't believe they have any access. And I, I know Anthony, he's Anthony is still a silent partner for the crypto dads. So it's not like we need to have his access removed. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I let the devs handle that part of it and make sure it's good. They tell me it's good. I trust Caleb and Steven. Uh, and so, Oh, that's good. I, I was just curious as well because I, I I generally thought because there's there's you know there's rugged projects and stuff that get taken over and I'm always like how does that work? But yeah, um, here's a question for you as well. You know, you're a dad, you're a father. What is more challenging for you, being a dad or, or being a, an owner of this project? What, what what stresses you out more? I don't get stressed very easily, uh, fortunately. So uh, or else I probably would be pretty stressed by by both of them. Uh, you know what, if you're pinning me down and say, I have to answer one, um, I'd probably say running crypto dads, just because, uh, you know, the stresses that come with parenting are so far outweighed by the rewards. I mean, it, it's not even close. Like, being a parent is the best thing for me personally that I could ever do. Um, you know, I love raising these kids and trying to get them to be better versions of humans than I am, right? Um, with crypto dads, I, I believe still now we haven't got to enjoy many rewards. There have been some rewards along the way, 
absolutely. And we've accomplished some really cool and fun things. But I think when we reflect on it years from now, it will also be have been a really rewarding and fulfilling thing. But of course, we're in the depths of like what the, the deepest, worst sentiment in NFT history, basically since NFTs became popular. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it's created more challenges, uh, you know, than, than there have been like, you know, huge, huge victory laps to, to celebrate, you know, uh, plus we've had things like uh, three months after we took over, uh, royalty stopped being honored, you know, and that was like going into it was like, all right, we're going to figure out some things, but we know we've got this and we know if we can just do things that um, will encourage uh, continuous volume that we'll have a steady uh, fund of money coming in that we can then put back into the brand. Well, that went away like three months in. So uh, everything we've gotten done and accomplished has been accomplished on a very limited budget. And in the, when we first took over, like talking about a limited budget would have been like something that got flooded huge. But I think now that we've done this for a year and shown that we can still bring value to holders and still have fun with it and, and keep it entertaining on such a, a limited budget, I think is something that, uh, that we're pretty proud of at this point and hang our hats on. Like, yeah, we can, if we can do what we've done in the last year, you know, with such a limited spend, then we can continue to do that for years to come. And, you know, eventually when we do um, come upon some funding, which will happen, uh, I can just imagine, like if we had uh, the money from the mints and the secondary from the first year of crypto debts, like all of the people we could hire uh, and, and, and marketing that we could do with that, it would be bananas right now. But who knows, maybe if we were in that position a couple of years ago, we wouldn't have spent it uh, the correct way. Uh, but right now, man, the stuff we would do would be incredible, but we'll, we're going to continue to move forward with whatever uh, funding we have. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to go about it because you know, you're proving it every day by being here during the tough times that hopefully you know, when, when the times do improve, whenever that is, hopefully sooner rather than later that you'll you'll do the right thing then and it will you know you'll reap the rewards then uh which i'm sure will happen and uh, you know judging by the way you speak and the, what i've seen I, I think we'll do well um it's just a matter of time really isn't it so uh, i think it's probably a good time actually for you to give a rundown of the project uh, for the people listening who may or may not know um anything about it and and for myself just to properly get me in depth and in, into what it's all about you know um, if there's any use cases or, you know, your your current position in the long-term sort of vision and what that vision kind of is and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, so uh, Crypto Dads, the real short version of it is we are the dad culture of the blockchain, right? And so uh, obviously uh, Crypto Dads was, uh, a lot of people identified with Crypto Dads like myself because we were dads and we were into crypto and Web3. Uh, but you don't have to be a dad or a mom or a parent to enjoy it. It's like if you're someone that is a fan of dad culture just in general, which we know uh, there are tons of huge accounts that are dad joke accounts or uh, dad culture accounts across, you know, what, not just X, but uh, Instagram and TikTok. It's for people that love dad jokes they like beer, they like playing fantasy football, going out for a round of golf, a classic pair of New Balance shoes, 
uh, perfectly manicured lawn, you know, that kind of vibe. Uh, and so we're just the, the blockchain version of that. Uh, now, some things we've done uh, since we took over, and this is again on that very limited budget, uh, we, we launched Hodel Lager Beer. Uh, we actually, so one of the things that is, is coming up is we have an agreement in place where there is another beer coming uh, very soon. I can't talk about all of the details of it. I don't know what parts they would want me to talk about versus what parts they, they don't, but there, there is an, an actual NDA involved uh, with it. So just to be safe, I won't give the details. We'll let them come out as they will in, in the next month or so. Uh, but there is another Crypto Dads uh, beer coming out. Uh, I'm excited about it because it features the grill sergeant uh, on the can. So I'll probably end up buying all of it. Uh, another thing, one of the big things, uh, really cool, fun things that we accomplished, uh, and we were one of the first to do this, is we opened a trade market uh, and introduced new trades. We made this 2021 collection and contract, which was not designed. Uh, and when I say we, it was all the devs. It wasn't me. It was, I was part of the idea process. But um, this old contract, uh, they were able to create a, a way for us to uh, introduce new traits, community-created traits from artists within the community. Uh, and using our, our stake token, we've got this whole ecosystem on the Polygon network where uh, you can change the traits of your dad or, or your mom. And so it was kind of the idea way back then was uh, we love the art style, but there were a lot of traits that were far less desirable when it came to the dad's collection, especially. And so it was an art upgrade kind of thing without changing the style. And it, it was also uh, something in control and being created by the community. And so it was different than your traditional art upgrades that we've seen over the years uh, from like, you know, the gods where they just completely changed the whole collection. Um, yeah, we've, uh, we've added a, a spot in the shop. Uh, this was recent where, you know, if our holders have a product that is something that we think the community in general would be interested in, we've added a spot where their product could be featured in there and we're usually listing that product for the stake token. The most, uh, well, the first example and the recent example is uh, we had a couple of uh, holders that are brothers, longtime holders. They came out with uh, THC gummies, wrecked eddies. And so we were able to feature theirs. We've been, we bought some from them and given it out to the community using the token for people staking. And uh, it's gotten really great reviews from uh, those that have gotten it. We had a killer event in NFT NYC. We absolutely want to do more events uh, like that. One that I've got uh, on my radar as uh, one of the next ones uh, is I want to do like a golf and a boat day here in Florida in my neck of the woods and invite the Crypto Dads family uh, to, to Florida. And of course, we'll, we'll barbecue. That's a no, no doubter. Uh, and so doing more of those types of events. I mean, even if we don't need hundreds and hundreds of people, we did at the NYC event, by the way, we partnered with some other people. We ended up having four to 500 people come through. It was an awesome deal. Uh, but I mean, even if we're doing something that's smaller and more intimate, 10 or 20 holders that want to come through and, and be a part of this. It's just, I, I did one with Shredding Sassy and we went to Portugal 
And it was the absolute best time. Like we had a blast with, with these guys. And there was only about 10 of us total. Uh, we, we rolled out something called grilling season. And uh, that's like, a, it's a, a randomized uh, way. It's almost like a roulette way of, of earning more stake token. Uh, and it's actually an NFT on chain with, with Polygon. Uh, and so that, that's been uh, kind of fun. And we, we like to use those in giveaways a lot. But our plans for the future, uh, so some stuff I can talk about. Um, we definitely are going to expand the trade market um, and potentially looking at ways to add some sort of elements of chance to it. Because you know, one of the fun things I think about NFTs is, is that bit of chance to like when you reveal an NFT, you know, are you going to get something that's more unique and whatnot? So we want to bring that to the traits. Uh, we could potentially be looking at bringing the traits on chain as NFTs because right now they're on chain, but they're not a tradable NFT. Um, I've built relationships with tons of different people across the space since I've been doing this. And, and a lot of them have been gaming partners as well. And I'm gaming, nobody's really super interested in it at the moment, but I've got the connections so that if gaming does come back and it becomes an interest, uh, and I've built some relationships with a lot of uh, potential gaming partners and, and people that we are partnered with. And if any one of them becomes big, I've already got the relationship. We're already there uh, and not trying to jump into it when everyone else is. Um, the, the thing that I have to be super vague about, and this isn't the, your classic, you know, try to build hype, vague NFT guy thing to do, uh, is... We are, so I am working on something, trying to think of ways to say this without uh, violating an NDA. Uh, it, it would basically, it would really change the future if this comes to fruition for crypto dads uh, in, a, in a pretty significant way. I think it would even uh, further establish our brand as one that is going to continue on. Uh, it is something that would absolutely bring a different, uh, level of credibility to us right away. And it would also bring um, some other big brain power and talent uh, to the, the ideas room for crypto dads. So uh, I'll put that out there uh, and we'll see probably over the next month or so how that plays out and comes to fruition. But it's like, I don't I wish I could talk about it more in depth because it's something really exciting, but you know, it's something that could fall through and not happen at all. The tease, man, the tease, you're, you're teasing this information. I'm not trying to be a tease. <laughs> no, I I'm not trying to be a tease and I'm not saying, you know, crypto debts to the moon, go buy it. Like I'm, I'm not the moon boy type. I believe more so in the, in the long game anyway. And that's been the approach that we've taken since we've we've taken over crypto dads because that's kind of just a dad approach anyway but i think that's a good business approach is looking playing the long game and i don't think we're pudgy penguins or luca nets or anything like that but uh our story and our strategy is similar to them we you know we just obviously don't have the the following or of the pudgy penguins or of a luca nets or the money of them but i actually it's funny i heard luca uh he did a great interview the other day and uh hearing him talk about the last year 
uh, or so of pudgy penguins and how he, himself and the team have grinded. They've either taken no money or they've taken far less money than what they uh, normally would for, for the work that they're doing. And he also talked about if they had uh, some of the, the raises that some of these NFT collections have raised, you know, like there's been these 20 and $50 million raises, like the stuff that they, they would be able to accomplish with it. And again, I'm not saying we are them or, or we have the, the acumen of a, of a Luke and that's, but I, I really connected with what he said. And it really felt like that's, that's our story as well. Just, uh, there's obviously on a much bigger stage with a bigger scale. Uh, we're not, we're, we don't have plans to do toys. <laughs> I don't know that anybody would buy their kid a crypto dad holding a beer anyway, but, uh, some people might, <laughs> but yeah, some, some people, some people might, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, I, our story is, is kind of similar to theirs just on a much smaller scale. Yeah, no. Well, firstly, you did an amazing job at describing everything you're doing. You answered a lot of my questions before I even had to ask them, which is great. Um, and it sounds really like there's there's a lot going on. And like you say, with the funding and stuff, for what for what you're doing and, you know, the position that you had to pick it up from and stuff like that, it's, uh, it's commendable. And I, and I like it. And I, I'm really excited to see where it goes. Um, I did have a few questions about uh, some of your past, because you mentioned the, some of the partnerships, right? You mentioned the beer. Obviously, you can't mm -hmm. speak about what's coming soon um but you had past uh partnerships with like dr squatch uh well, i can't say that squatch mm -hmm. squatch like sasquatch dr. Um, yeah because yeah, they do like the soaps and stuff right because i've seen i've seen around. They do. What, what was that partnership um i assume that was when you were involved as well that was before we uh, took before. over uh so i wasn't involved uh with Dr. Squatch, I've, I've not even talked uh, other than I, as a holder on a Twitter space, I talked to the Dr. Squatch guys to encourage them uh, to continue moving forward. And I, I warned them that there would probably be, uh, I didn't use the term FUD, but there would be negativity from, uh, you know, their, their just regular customer base. And, uh, and I ended up not being wrong. There was, like, they did this great, you know, Dr. Squatch does those great ad campaigns uh, they've they've always done really well with their marketing they did one of those videos and it featured the nfts and crypto dads on it and on um, if you go to the youtube video uh there's just so many like normies that you know you i mean anytime you see nfts come up in the normie world the the hate that they just throw out there where they don't even understand it but they just know that they hate it and so I'm pretty sure, and I, I've, again, I've never spoken to them, but I'm pretty sure that scared off uh, Dr. Squatch from to dive deeper into the this world because it did more to upset their current fan base than it did to onboard a bunch of new Squatch customers like myself, because I, I did and I still buy uh, their products. And I gave them a shot just because of what they did with us. And, but I, I really enjoyed it. So my, uh, my armpits smell fantastic right now. If you're wondering. <laughs> thank, yeah. Thank you for letting me know. I was wondering, and that's my first question was going to be that, but I decided to keep it to myself. Um, but so thanks for answering that. Um, you were mentioning actually, uh, you know, you, you mentioned pudgy penguins. Uh, they've been doing a lot of big stuff recently. Most people will have seen what they've done with the toys uh, in Walmart and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but do you have any, 
because they they also do stuff on social media quite well i don't know if you've seen this you probably have you know mm-hmm. like their tiktok and stuff is, is amazing they get so many views uh same with sappy seals they do do it well as well um there's a lot of these these projects that do it do that sort of thing um is crypto dads currently running that sort of stuff as well or is this something you're thinking about well the closest thing to that is what I'm doing with Burgundy, which I know you're very familiar with. I was going to ask about that. So maybe this is the time yeah. to, to ask. Well, yeah, you kind of transitioned to that. So, cause, because here's the thing, uh, one of the things I would do if we did have all of that funding is I'd absolutely hire a super talented person at that create, you know, like pudgy penguins. It's not like Luca's making all of these things for Giphy and, and stuff on Instagram. He's probably got someone that is, amazing at it that's doing it and maybe maybe he's highly involved i don't know because I, I know he does have a uh, background in marketing and uh and going viral uh but that is like one thing that i would love love to do is to be able to hire someone to do that because the devs great guys they're pretty funny that's not their world it is a little bit my world but it's not like i have a background in this in that type of marketing or content creation i do a little bit because i I studied like television production uh, in school before I went into the business world. Um, but yeah, so Burgundy has kind of become the thing that I'm trying to grow uh, to to do that. And uh, I don't know, what, what was your question about Burgundy? Or do you just want me to elaborate <laughs> I would love for you doing? to elaborate as to who he is, what he is. The purpose, I suppose, just to just elaborate for people who may not know, because people are probably listening like what? Who's wrecked? You know? Yeah. Burgundy. Uh, Yeah. If I, by the way, if I start to go on a Sansa monologue, feel free to just cut me off. No, man, it's it's 100% Uh, fine. Keep going. (laughs) uh, So um, I'll give you a little bit of the background of Burgundy first uh, that I don't think you know, uh, and only like long term crypto dads are going to know this. He actually started as Dad Burgundy, uh, uh, day one crypto dad, Jimmy T, who's an animator, um, started creating a little animations here and there. The team actually hired him on and he was getting a regular regular pay from crypto dads to do animations. And he created this character, Dad Burgundy, who was basically Ron Burgundy crypto dad version. And he would do news updates on the crypto dads. Well, there was a, a long time where we didn't hear from Dad Burgundy, and this was going leading into us taking over. And when we took over, uh, I reached out to him. He's a friend of mine. We've been in touch, uh, you know, throughout uh, the year. And I was like, we we should do more stuff with Burgundy. And he's like, oh yeah, mate. he's another uh, British guy like you. Yeah, mate, I'd love to do it. Right, <laughs> I love doing Burgundy, and so. Uh, I was like, that is right, terrible, cool, by the way, man. apologies that is a terrible, terrible accent. accent. <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, and so we did a couple of dad burgundies for it. And then, um, and just like typical updates. And he, uh, he was like, oh yeah, we usually pay this voice actor. And I was like, well, limited budget. We're not going to pay a voice actor. I'm I'm your voice actor from now on. And so I got this microphone that I'm speaking to you on now so that I could record uh, Burgundy. And, and so the first two uh, were a lot of fun. I think they went really well. We did a Father's Day one and we did a news update. Uh, but then he, he reached out a few months ago. It was probably about June or end of June. And he was like, hey, here's what I'm thinking. I'd like to actually make this character 
uh, into something that's known outside of crypto dads um, to you know, really expand the reach and just have fun with it. Would you be interested in that? And I was like, absolutely. But I was like, if we're going to do this, like I'm going to go like all in with this. Like I've, I'm going to join Twitter spaces, et cetera, as Burgundy. And so our idea behind it is like multifaceted. We want to create a personality in Web3 that is not your typical influencer Schiller type, like it's actually hilarious and entertaining uh, and brings value to people uh, just through the entertainment. And uh, I almost never, uh, as Burgundy, bring up crypto dads and a lot of people have no idea that he's even connected to crypto dads. And I'm really trying to grow him in that account that way uh, because I, I want it to be just a known account in general, but I ultimately will want to use Burgundy to do ads for crypto dads at, at some point. And like, so for example, um, you know, when we do say roll out this next beer, we're probably going to do a Burgundy ad and it'll be hilarious uh, for the beer. Or, uh, you know, I've talked to one of the, the web two partners that I have uh, I don't know, I call it a partnership. We don't have like a contract or anything, but we've uh, we've definitely collabed a lot is Bet Online, uh, which is an online casino. We've done a lot of uh, stuff with them. And, uh, you know, I pitched the idea out there. We use Burgundy to, uh, to do a little ad campaign. Uh, I actually just had, uh, just this week, uh, someone reached out to me uh, and we're in talks where they actually want Burgundy <laughs> to host a series, uh, starting with a, a, you know, obviously a first uh, one, but it, if it goes well, the first one, a series of Twitter spaces where he's the host and he's interviewing their integration partners. And then Jimmy T, the animator, is going to create uh, animated clips from those Twitter spaces. And that that's ultimately like what our vision was for him. But then if, if he does become as big as we think he can become because he's a hilarious character, um, then I'll, we'll have someone super entertaining that we can utilize for crypto dads uh, as needed. Uh, and without it being like a, a constant, like we're shilling crypto dads through this thing or only getting crypto dads news updates through it. That, does that make sense? Yes, that, that makes complete sense. And funnily enough, uh, basically, you're doing a great job at it because to begin with, I was confused. I was like, I, I, I legit, I, I thought it was legit. I can't lie. <laughs> I thought it was a person uh, because I had never like, I don't know. I guess I just came into a space. He is a he person. Is a person. I know. Yeah, I know. I'm, no, I'm, I'm a, is, he, is he in the room with you now? Are we allowed to? Is he, is he there? Uh, is, he in, is he in the he, cupboard? I, I don't. Uh, I don't have a, another device nearby <laughs> where he might be able to join from. Uh, that, no, he wasn't there in person. No. <laughs> but yeah, the funny thing is, for everybody listening right now, is Money Rich did not reach out to the grill sergeant. He reached out to Rect yeah. to yeah. Uh, to do a space. Uh, and so, Money Rich, you are the ex perfect example of why we're doing Burgundy because uh, you know the. the Burgundy has infiltrated 
all of these uh, different places that the crypto dads don't exist. He's in with so many communities um, that and has connected and gotten follows from so many of the big accounts in Web3 just from doing these Twitter spaces and showing up and being hilarious that, you know, I've, I've like I've said, me personally, as the grill sergeant, I've expanded our network exponentially since we've gotten involved. Burgundy has expanded our network without people even knowing it. And in so many places that, you know, where, where the same people would see me and they'd see co-owner of Crypto Dads and uh, automatically like, you know, big league us, <laughs> you know, it'd be like, ah, Crypto Dads, they'd fade us, right? But they don't fade Burgundy because he's wildly entertaining and they aren't connecting him or associating him with Crypto Dads. And so... Uh, I'm going to continue to do that. And people, a lot of people know, like Sansa knows at, at this point. Does uh, everyone know in that but, chat? Like, because for people listening, we're in, no. we're in a, we're in a group together. Cause I, I've, I've supported Sansa's spaces for, for over a year now. Um, and yeah, we're, we're in a sort of uh, the same group chat. And I was wondering how many people in there may know as well. Very, very, very few. It's, it's, it's crazy. I don't even know if shotgun. It's crazy how good a job that you do. Like honestly, I'm I'm giving you pure props here. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up Rekt later and get him to send me a voice message so I can integrate it into this episode so people can hear him. Uh, you know, hear what he's got to say because I think it's um, amazingly done <laughs> and uh, it truly is. I think you need to just do an episode with Bernie. I could honestly, I, I could do to... that actually. That would be good. I'm down for that. <laughs> I'll hit him up. I'll message him again. Yeah um no but honestly uh shane is is great i i I love that um and and it proves it works like you said it's literally proof right here we we've got um yeah i mean we've gotten uh two gigs that are actually like paid animation and hosting gigs on the table just this week uh that really came because of a burgundy uh, and they're not not huge. I mean, we don't we're not asking large amounts of money. They're not massive uh, deals, but it's just it's just a start, and it's just from people. Because I imagine most people listening right now have, still have no idea, or have maybe heard Burgundy once or twice, kind of a thing. Uh, but it's a it's a special moment uh, every time Burgundy just arrives onto a Twitter space <laughs> and and jumps in there. Uh, and enough people have heard him now at this point that as they're hearing them, they're like, wow, this, this guy's got something going on there. <laughs> Do you ever uh, struggle? Does it, is it ever hard to, you know, for a long period of time, perhaps keep it, keep it going? Uh, the hard, so there are a couple things that are funny about it. And one of the hard things, though, is, uh, and obviously I think everybody that's listening to this realizes that, you know, I'm the, the voice behind uh, Burgundy. Um, but uh, the hard thing is I've tried it. So we, I, I hosted, or Burgundy hosted a Crypto Dad's two-year anniversary space. And we had uh, like Zubik and Pons and Sansa and uh, John Lemon from Doge Pound, uh, Odyssey from Shredding Sassy. So we had this awesome lineup of people with Burgundy hosting. It's hilarious. If you haven't heard it, you should go back and listen to that. But I was also on there as a guest. And that is really difficult, trying to switch from the grill sergeant uh, in your brain 
to burgundy in your brain and juggle that is really difficult. Another funny side effect now that I've been doing this for months is I think like burgundy a lot more often in real life. And so uh, here's in a perfect example, right? Is like now I have this like urge to sip on scotch on occasion where I normally I just like chill and drink a beer and almost never drink liquor. But now it's like, I'll have a scotch with some ice and just sip on that. Uh, and I'll do that even to get into character sometimes while I'm, while I'm doing, uh, you know, like hosting a, a space, but I'll also be walking around in public and I'll see like a dude with a great mustache and I'll want to go up and compliment him on his mustache. And I'm like, what? Don't, don't do in, that. In the voice <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, this would be, they would, they would not understand. It would be wildly awkward. They will have no idea why you're complimenting their mustache. Yeah, it's great uh, though. For people who are listening, I suppose you should probably describe what he looks like. He's sort of like, uh, do you want to describe it or should I try? I don't know. I don't know. If you, I mean, if you don't know Ron Burgundy at this point. <laughs> I know, point, but I don't want to. Just go like, look up the anchor. Yeah, he's like an, he, he looks like, in my opinion, like an English gentleman. But, he, you know, I don't know if that's. You're just biased when it comes to that. <laughs> Burgundy is pure Americano from like the like 70s yeah. Anchorman yeah. news days uh, in the U.S. with a, a big, bristling, well-coiffed mustache, fantastic hair, uh, often a maroon-colored suit. But he, he's just, he's a distinguished gentleman and he loves his scotch. He loves his women. And he, he loves reporting. The he news. does have a good mustache. And that's coming from someone with a good mustache. So, <laughs> yeah, we, he appreciates you, Money Rich. That's what, that's why he was willing to talk uh, to you because you, you know, you got the monocle and the, the hat and the big mustache. We share the same ancestors, I'm sure. <laughs> um, that's that. Um, actually, I did have one more thing I wanted to ask you. Do you have, do you have the time? Just one quick one. Yeah, yeah, it's, for um, sure. Relating to because you touched on so much, right? And I'm, I'm like trying to get to everything I, I definitely wanted to ask you as well. Um, you have the different traits you mentioned, um, swinging back to that. Uh, and I saw there was like a gentle tornado trait. People may or may not know him. Yeah, um, obviously, recently his account got uh, suspended, which is which sucks. Yeah, unfortunately, it sucks. But he is still around. Um, he's on. I can't remember the name of the new new account. It's the uh, hyped. I can't remember the actual username. Um, but yeah, he, he is still around, um, thankfully, because I love him. He's great. Um, but how, how do people go about getting their traits sort of, you know, incorporated? And also, I was wondering whether you could sl- uh, speak a little bit on the the Crypto Mums thing as well. Is that still, uh, you know, running as well? Yeah, so he's, he's Hyped Foundation, Hyped with an H-I-P-E-D. Go follow him. The, the guy lost his account uh, and is probably never getting it back just because he was dancing to music and they got him for copyright infringement with the music. Uh, so it's been pretty brutal for him. Uh, but he's a great guy, positive guy, a known dad in the space, which is why we're such uh, big fans of his and supporters uh, of his. And, and he's shown us the love and the support back. Um, but the, the traits is, uh, is through our trade market, which is using the stake token. So when you stake a dad or a mom, you're earning uh, stake and it's all on Polygon. So it's very cheap transactions. Uh, but that, yeah, in our stake shop, we have the traits available for purchase. That's where we'll list uh, in real life products. We put NFTs in there. So we were one of the really early 
collections to do that as well. It's a really common thing now with the, these types of marketplaces. Uh, we were definitely one of the first, uh, but uh, but yeah, so you can get those traits and then you can uh, you apply them to your crypto debt. Uh, yes, moms are, are still a thing. Uh, we've really tried, you know, one of the things that we've learned over the last year, we were really trying uh, to embrace the mom market in Web3 uh, a little bit more. But what we've come to realize is, is that the majority of the people that are into crypto dads are because they're into the dad culture. And we do have uh, some moms uh, involved in with it. And, you know, and some of the dads buy them for their wives and have specific crypto moms that are for their wives. But uh, the reality is there are just far less women into blockchain uh, in general. And um, most of the women that are into blockchain aren't, uh, aren't are, are into uh, different types of art stylings, I guess I would say, to rock as a PFP uh, than ours, understandably so. Uh, they want cuter or sexier kind of a thing than, than that. They might not be uh, mums, to be so, fair. Yeah, well, uh, my my wife rocks it, but uh, <laughs> she's she's down there rocking. Yeah, the I saw. Right Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, so we've really gone more towards embracing the dad the dad culture. Now that's not to say we won't con we don't continue to support moms or we don't love having the women that that want to be involved in it. We just realize that it's like it's like you have to if you spread your your focus too wide you know then you're going to miss opportunities and so we've really tried to focus in more on building the brand through the the dads and the dad culture because a lot of the dad collectors are the ones that also love the mom's collection anyway it's not like the moms are held by a bunch of women they are held by some women and we've got some awesome women involved uh as holders but a uh, majority of it are just dads that love the dad's collection. They also love the mom's collection as well because they, you know, they, they go together. I mean, that's just like a typical family just on, on chain. Yeah, no. And I think it's like a, a thing that will grow with each other realistically. Um, and, and with those traits, how do you guys choose who you're adding traits of? Are they, are they normally of people in the community or will it just be stuff you think's cool um, at the time? Uh, so, by the way, we uh, we do have Sansa traits <laughs> that are are ready to go that that, uh, that we'll we'll introduce and uh, and another noteworthy well known dad uh, who is in Web three as well, but he's he's actually much bigger outside of Web three. Sean Duras, uh, I don't know if you know who that is from uh, A for Adley. I don't. We've we've created some traits uh, for him with his permission uh, as well. Uh, and they've got like millions of followers on on YouTube. They've got a massive YouTube channel, uh, but he's also got a, a Web three gaming company as well. But anyway, um, that's not even answering your question at all. How do we choose them? Uh, well, a lot of times, just artists in the community just create cool stuff, or we reach out to them and with our ideas. But they have their ideas, uh, and then we have like this um, this smaller group of core holders that we'll put them in front of just to get a vibe check and, and make sure that uh, it's usually pretty easy to figure out once they've looked at it. We either love this one, we don't like this one as much to, to introduce it. Um, 
And so we, we pretty well stuck to that. There are a few exceptions. Like when we did the, the gentle tornado, we just knew that they were awesome right away. And we were doing this uh, because we wanted to connect with uh, gentle tornado on a different level and show him some love and appreciation. Same thing with the Sansa traits. Uh, I don't think uh, they've seen the Sansa traits yet, but uh, there's no doubt that that they would pass through anyway if if somebody uh, did see them. Is it just is and it just so, a massive speech bubble? <laughs> yeah, we just you know you you don't even have a dad anymore. It's just, just huge text speech walls bubble, and walls of text a mon <laughs> monologue. I'm joking. I love you, Sansa. Um, Sorry. Yeah, if Sandra listens to this, or anybody that doesn't know him, he, we, uh, we definitely, it's the espresso shot is his show, but it's basically the espresso roast because people just get roasted all the time in the chat and on the show. And, and Sansa, deservingly, is often the target of the roast. But he, the guy will go on 15, 20-minute monologues when there's like six hands up of speakers. He's like, ah, oh, we're going to go. We'll go to the speakers now. I promise we're going to go to the speakers. And every time he says that, just plan for another 10 to 15 minutes because it's not coming to the hands anytime soon. When he says it's that. all in jest, though. We, we, he's a great guy. Um, you'll, be, you'll be the first. Awesome he's a great guy. guy. And uh, it's just like, it's just in jest. But he, it, it is true at the same time. <laughs> but still, I, I love him. He's great. Yeah, he's, uh, that's been getting into that espresso shot uh, group chat and that community it has been uh, one of my favorite things that's happened since, uh, you know, starting the wrecked Burgundy character. I have so much fun with that. It's, uh, it's just like, I, it's, but it's, it's definitely a lot, though, because I've got him. Now I've got my account, got the Crypto Dad's account, got the Discord. It's just those things alone is a lot to try and stay on top of. Uh, you know, so going back to the question, what stresses me out more? It's like, I'm always trying to think of stuff uh, to post on all these different accounts and, and things to put into Discord and get, you know, it's a lot for sure. But uh, I, I have so much fun with it. Yeah, I can imagine it's probably quite nice actually almost having this, this other, well, he's, he's a real guy. I don't know what you're talking about. But just having the ability to, it's like your creative side as well, I think. Um, it must be anyway. Don't want to put words into your mouth, but it's pro it probably is quite fun to think up these things. It is. It's it's a ton of fun. And, you you know, because of uh, who he is, you know, he's outrageous. And so uh, you can really be a little bit more of an outrageous character um, because it's not you, it's Burgundy. Yeah, and I hope to speak to him one day on this very podcast. Um, and I, you know what? I think that's a good place to wrap it up. It's been uh, just over an hour, and it's. I think it's been good. I hope you've enjoyed your time on it. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. You know, uh, whenever I'm doing a Twitter space, Rich, and I should have told you, warned you about this in advance, I like to wrap it up with with a, a dad oh, joke. Oh, don't do that yet. Don't do that do you, yet. Do you, have any, do you have any dad jokes in your <laughs> back pocket? Okay, I thought you were going to tell one. I was like, no, don't wrap it up just yet. Um, do I have any dad jokes? Oh, man, no, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> do you have any? And if you do, save it for a second. Uh, but do you have any? I've always okay, got dad okay. jokes. I've always I'll give you that. I, we, that's, so just like how uh, Burgundy has made me like notice guys' mustaches and, and scotch more. Uh, 
being in crypto dads has really gotten me more and more into the dad culture stuff. So I'm like a, a student of dad jokes at, at this point. When someone tells one, I'm like, I, I don't say it because I laugh still, but I've already heard it almost every single time. It's rare at this point where I'm like, yeah, I haven't heard that one. The thing is, I wouldn't know a dad joke. I'm not a dad, so I'm not quite qualified mm. yet. I feel like that will come with time. Uh, you know, the day I'll become a dad is just the day that I'll fill my mind with these meaningless jokes and probably start drinking beer as well a lot more. Um, I don't really like beer. I know this is going to break your heart. Um, it's all right. However, no, no, yeah, you don't spirits, have like I do love spirits. So I think I could be like a, a classy dad, you know, I'll be the one sipping some scotch <laughs> or something like that. Probably bourbon, actually. Oh, that's that's the American one, isn't it? Scotch, yes, but obviously. Well, the bourbon, no, scotch. Yeah, yeah, Scotland. yeah. I mean, bourbon, bourbon is the American one. Yeah, yeah, American yeah, that's one. what I meant. Oh, I'm rude. <laughs> I should know this. So the funny thing is I've discovered uh, through Burgundy is, uh, you know, there are a lot of bourbon fans out there because everybody makes a point to tell me that they prefer bourbon. And I actually... Uh, I mean, if I'm the the grill sergeant, I prefer bourbon over scotch. I don't drink uh, liquor much anyway, uh, but I do. I've been to the bourbon trail and visited all of the distilleries. And so I do have a special place for bourbon in my heart when it does come to a whiskey. But, uh, you know, now I feel like I, I've got to embrace uh, the world of scotch. 100%. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I was going to say it's nice. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, is there anything we haven't covered today that you'd like to say that we may have missed or are you, are you happy? I'm always happy. And uh, I've really enjoyed talking with you, Rich. I think you do a great job with this. And I think if you uh, continue with it, that uh, your following will just grow and grow and grow and uh, you'll position yourself really well to be uh, one of the well-knowns uh, as we go into a crypto bull run i hope so i mean I, I i do it for fun i enjoy it i enjoy speaking to people um and it's nice to see the podcast grow itself it's strange the the comparison to the podcast listeners versus the twitter account is it's always strange because it's like it's its own separate entity even though i mainly you know advertise it on here so um, but it's nice it is slowly growing i'm actually going to put this episode out straight away as well um, because to the, just to the people listening, I didn't upload two weeks, I think in a row because I changed podcast host and then decided I didn't like the new one and changed back, but it was a big, long process and it did not go smoothly. Um, but we are back after many duplicated episodes and statistics going all over the place. Um, and the access being lost and found again, we're, we're back. We're good. Um, you are so back, we are baby. So back. Let's go. Um, and before I do close this off, well, before I let you close this off, I should say, I'm just going to say to the people listening live, if you're not following the podcast, please do. I, I do these. Uh, well, I post these weekly. This this week, I actually have six episodes in a row that I'm recording, which is insane. I don't know why I do it, but sometimes I just fancy just doing a whole bunch. And um, there's some good good guests coming up for sure. And uh, there's some really good episodes that have been out already, which uh, I think that if you enjoy this one, you're going to enjoy those as well. Familiar faces um, as well that you'll probably see there. So yeah, do follow that link up above and just and follow it. And if you do enjoy them, uh, leave a five star rating because it helps push the podcast out, you know, to eyes that may not even know about Web3. And I think it should be a good learning experience for people who, who do listen to this, maybe who don't even really know much about it. So um, yeah, it's a good insight into our side of the world, I suppose. Um, now, uh, before you tell your dad joke, um, I'm going to let you just tell the people where they can find you and all the crypto dad stuff. 
Yeah. So, um, well, I guess we're talking for the people that are listening to the podcast and not on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter or X, I guess I should say, Grill Sergeant 15, Crypto Dads or Crypto Dads NFT. Uh, we also have uh, CryptoDadsNFT.com and our uh, stake ecosystem for anyone that wants to check that out and look at what's been built there is uh, stake.cryptodadsnft.com. Uh, and then Rekt Burgundy, of course, is Rekt, R-E-K-T underscore Burgundy, B-U-R-G-U-N-D-Y. Uh, if you want a funny account to follow, or if you jump into X spaces here and there and, uh, and you want to hear some something funny when you're joining a space, go follow his account for sure. And when you get a notification that he's joined as a speaker on a space, just know that uh, it may only last a few minutes, but those couple of minutes will be magical and you won't regret having listened. I, and I second everything that you just said there. Definitely do follow Rec Burgundy. It's a, it's a great account. And obviously check out Crypto Dads and uh, the Grill Sergeant Shane himself. And please, if you do have a joke, feel free to uh, to tell it now. Well, all right. So uh, I was thinking about which one to do here. It was in so... Uh, Anyway, let's let's just go with uh, one if it's terrible, which it's kind of supposed to be. You just let me know, and and then I'll try to pull another one out. Uh, so since my wife's listening, we'll do one that involves her. Uh, the, my wife, she actually uh, dated a clown before she started going out with me, which uh, it meant I had some pretty big shoes to fill. <laughs> it's like it's like a terrible dad joke, but you know what? That's what a dad joke's meant to be, and. Uh... Now, there was another really go good on, one that go I've used on. before. That was my, my wife. Uh, I asked her, my, uh, my wife, when we started dating, I, I asked her if I was the only one that she'd ever been with. And uh, she said, uh, yes, I was, because all the others were nines and tens. Oh, dear. Actually, I like that one. You know what? That one's good. You should have done that one. That one's a good one. I like that. Nah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to reuse it, but I, I figured we'd just do a couple of wife jokes. Yeah, there. no, I like that second one. That one was a good one. The first one for me, that's like cringe, pure cringe dad joke. But I still, I still like it though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's either going to. It's either supposed to make you laugh or make you curl up. The, the, the first one, one made me two. curl up inside. The second one, actually, I, I like that one. That one's a good one. I might use that myself. I don't have a wife yet, but you know, girlfriend will be. I, I give you permission. Write that down. <laughs> use it. Talk, use it when you're talking about. A I will. I will. I will. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Shane. Appreciate it, and um, I'll speak to you soon. I'm sure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Rich. Great. Have a good evening or morning, afternoon, wherever everyone is. Cheers, <laughs> mate. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. See ya.